Hey, brother. My little brother. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 10 of Matt's Wits. That's my little brother, Chris. I'm his bigger brother, Steve. We do a podcast about uh, pop culture. Little brother, Steve. Younger brother. Can we not say little anymore? I'm taller than you. Like, No. No, that is not. Okay. Younger. 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 Whatever. Bigger. You're bigger than me. Less knowledgeable. Whatever. Whatever we want to call. Whatever demeaning term I want to use for this podcast. No. If this is your first time to match wits, this is gonna be this is gonna be a ride. Um if this is your first time to match wits, uh we are nostalgia infused. I usually talk about some nostalgia stuff because I'm old and pop culture, which is I uh, I have some knowledge, but Chris's D brings the 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 brains in the pop culture department. (laughs) The Um, vault the vault of useless knowledge is chock full. Yes. I have my I have some, I will say. Sure. Um, so, uh, in, in these, we haven't done one in a while. Maybe we'll get one of this episode. If not, it's just at least worth mentioning before we, we stumble upon a dimwit challenge, which is it, we come across something we disagree on. We lay down a dollar bet. Uh, Chris is $6 up still on, on me. Yeah. So, a uh, couple of things. So this is part three of what we're calling, I guess what I'm calling assignment October. Um, <laughs> this is where Chris gives me a horror movie to watch. I watch it and report back in. Now, uh, last week uh, in episode nine, we talked about the witch, um, the the deeply bitch. disturbing, the, the double V itch, um, deeply disturbing movie where I, I had fallen asleep on the weekend. Usually, I watch movies at night, but now it's uh, the living in Seattle. It gets dark really early and whatever. So last weekend, I ended up watching the witch at four a.m., which was great. Uh, it was still nighttime. Uh, this week, uh, you know, uh, my wife and I were gone for a couple of days, so we came back. Um, so I didn't have time to watch it on Friday like usual. Uh, so I went to do it on Saturday. Unfortunately, fell asleep. So this morning, uh, over morning coffee, I watched Cabin in the Woods, <laughs> which, you know, I felt like I was doing homework in college and I had procrastinated uh, like I typically do. Yeah, but that's a good that's good homework, though. Like it's all right. We'll get into it. But that's a freaking great movie. Yeah, so, but a couple of things, and I wanted to, to touch on um, uh, a couple of things. Again, I'd like to talk a little bit nostalgia, pop culture at the beginning of these. Um, and, and this ties directly into Cabin in the Woods, and I was thinking about, and, and, and we'll get into it in detail, the, the um, it plays with the stereotypes of horror movies sure. and people in horror movies, but the one that it completely embraced was and I can't I, I, I can at least think of three um, and I'm sure there's a ton what is it with the within the the what would we call the the opening the build the setup portion mm-hmm. like within the first 15 minutes people go and they have to stop at a gas station yeah have you is that a is that a thing like they so, talk about that that that's they call him like I think he's the harbinger is what they refer to that character as he's part of the experiment. Well, that, that, yeah, and that I understood, but why, why do all, like, so... You're you know, going on I a road a, trip. How is that out, like, you're not t- saying, you're not talking about something outlandish. Like, when you go on a road trip, Steve, you get gas, and that seems to be a, a good, convenient starting place for a road movie, or a movie that starts with a trip. But, that's but like saying, that, like, why are they at an airport if they're going somewhere? No, like, but I mean... fair. So, but... Uh, yeah. Okay. These uh, but, these things exist because they're convenient and they make sense. Like cliches aren't necessarily always wrong, and that's what this movie does a good job of 
of kind of skewering and not like almost satiring is the it's the idea of these things exist because they're convenient commonplace and readily identifiable to all audiences so you immediately have a focal point of like all right these people are going somewhere you see a car loaded with gear Mm -hmm. you see them at a gas station you see them playing music and they're real excited like those are all things that everybody in the audience can identify with so you can't really call them out for that. <laughs> like, well, I but... do that too sometimes, and then I realize, like, well, okay, what else? Like, as I've been writing some of the the work that I've been doing, like, I'm like, all right, why would they go to an all, a, a diner? Like, why is there always scenes at diners in the middle of the night? What else is open? What else Sheets? is open in a? Yeah, like, is that convenient? Does that look cool when you're sitting at picking out beef jerky in a, in a sheets at four in the morning, <laughs> or sitting across from each other at a coolly lit? diner table where there'll be other people around it's kind of a safe environment and you can get away with it like that's they exist because they make sense and they're not necessarily bad things so that's what cabin in the wood does is it takes each one of those and breaks it down into why it exists in the context of these horror movies and that's why i really really like it it does it with almost all of the cliches the stoner the virgin the the jock friend like all of those are archetypes that boil down to stories of old days so okay i want to go no no so let's let's no let's well let's dissect it a little bit more (laughs) i want to Pull on your 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 screenwriting. It, it serves a very functional purpose, right? Yes. Which is they're transitioning from wherever they were to a place that's going to be scary, and they need somebody to do the transition to be like, oh, people don't come back from up there. You got to be careful. So, one of my favorite movies, I think we've talked it on the podcast before, is Private Eyes, right? <laughs> Which is the Tim Conway Don Knotts kind of parody of the old classic horror. Film kind of, uh, you know, which with the detectives, the dimwitted detectives that go. And at the very beginning, they're driving and they stop to get gas. And then they talk about the Morley Mansion and they do all that. And then Dale and Tucker versus Evil, they, the kids stop to get gas, set, they meet up with the, the, the hillbillies. And then this one, same thing. It just seems like it's a, a plot device to help transition from, oh, these, these people we don't really know are going to go to someplace really scary, and it seems like gas station attendants are the ones that always have to do it. And to your point, they call it out in uh, Cabin in the Woods. They actually make it a point that this guy is serving a purpose mm-hmm. on inducting these people into where they're, where they're going. Yeah. So begs my question then, we're moving away from gas, right? It's no secret that you know we're going to be living with the era of electric cars. So you want what to have a, a, an ominous scene set at a charging station, <laughs> right? That's... Like a dude coming out in like a fully like legit like neat outfit coming out almost like an android charging someone's car isn't nearly as on- ominous as the grizzled old backwoods gas station attendant with smeared grease on his face and the disdain for anybody that comes getting <laughs> gas like that doesn't yeah so what are they going to use as a plot device if, if somebody comes rolling it in their tesla van why why can't they just set every why does it have to be exactly current like that's what i mean steve like it doesn't work as a narrative so why would you set um when why would you set it there where you can just set if you someone has a car that's three years old would still be gas, so there's still going to be gas stations, and there's still going to be gas stations out in the middle of nowhere. Like they exist because they work, and they exist because they're timeless. But my, I guess my argument is, gas is not timeless. There's going to be a period where like, what, what, what is it? When was this movie made? They were using gas. 
Okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay. How, how just, long do you think until we're completely gas rate? I don't know. 20 years. Exactly. 15 like, wait, years. So when people are watching movies from now in 20 years, that's like us going back and looking at movies from the, the early 90s or late 90s. Like right around 2000. Like think about what came out then, Steve. That looks dated and super old. Like the technology and the and the cell phones and everything that was only 20 years ago, and the phones look ridiculous then, or ridiculous now. Like it's going to be the same thing with gas stations, sure. But there'll be something else that's that they can use as, as the same bridge. In the whole idea is like the, the gas station serves as the the tipping point from being in the safety of where they live to where they're going, which is uncharted territory. Right. But those are those are story beats that are. You know what I mean? Like boiled down to full narrative story beats. Like those are all they exist in all stories, but we just yeah. see it because it's it's really easy to use in horror movies because it immediately gives you the sense of unease because they're leaving somewhere else, and then the the gas station attendant adds to the unease and puts you on edge. And they work. They exist because they work. Steve, they're not all bad. You know what I mean? Like the store, like cliches and things that are used in movies aren't necessarily all bad. They serve a purpose. Otherwise, you can get drawn out trying to establish what these people are doing, where they're going, what's the tone of the story. Right. So. All right. I'll, g- I'll give you that. It's just <laughs> in, in, in rather short order. And again, with this being the, the, the assignment uh, October Two of the three movies use that as a as a plot device in the beginning, and the witch. Well, that was pre pre gas station. Sure, um, but there isn't there. A, I don't remember the witch clearly, but isn't there a scene of them on like a on their wagon going somewhere? No, isn't isn't that how it starts? Is them mm-hmm. going to the house right on the the edge of the woods? I could have sworn I remember that. No, the, wait, it's the be- very beginning of the witch. Is like the baby disappears. Oh, the baby disappearing. Maybe right yeah. after that. No, maybe not. I don't. The clue did not go to his sheets, though. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but the, like, I didn't give you those movies. Like, the, each one is serving a, cer- a certain purpose. Like Tucker, Tucker Dale is a great just horror comedy, and there's not a whole lot of really good ones. That mm-hmm. there's either ones that try to go too horror and then throw some comedy in, which ruins the horror, and then there's ones that are too comedic and aren't scary enough or gory enough where tucker and dale had both and the witch was more of like an atmospheric period piece to see what your barometer was for those types of movies and then cabin in the woods is a deconstruction of horror like horror archetypes right these are all serving purposes steve like they're all showing you different elements of horror you know what i mean like i'm Mm -hmm. not just arbitrarily picking things for you like these are all it's a curated list to introduce you to other things like, that's one of the biggest things that I enjoy from doing this and, and talking to people about the podcast is giving people suggestions of movies that, like, that's why I always ask, just give me a movie that you do like, and I can give you a few options that are similar. Hmm. So, like, if you say you like The Witch, I have other colonial horror, supernatural ghost stories like that, or if you like or horror comedies like Tucker and Dale, I have a few of those that you would like. That's like that's the point of these is I'm not trying to I'm not trying to just arbitrarily give you things. I'm just trying to no, show understood, you understood. different avenues of stuff to watch. Yeah. So with that, let's go into Cabin in the Woods, but and, and I want to come back to it though, but part of the reason why I didn't watch Cabin in the Woods last night is we ended up watching Zombie Land. Because <laughs> Charlie one. Charlie and I hadn't seen it and uh 
Maya like, yeah, this is boring. And she left halfway through. And Charlie was like, this is the coolest thing ever because Woody Harrelson is cool and he has all sorts of guns. And yeah. So we can talk about that. Um, that Zombieland is one of my favorite intros, like title credit sequences in any horror movie that's come out with probably within the past 10 years. The, the, the slow-mo of all the, the zombies set to, was it For Whom the Bell Tolls? Like starting with the bells and then going through all. Oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's well, one of yeah. my. I love. I, like you, you turned me on to Metallica when I was way too young to actually really probably appreciate Metallica. So like I've always liked them until they went, until they cut their hair. Like ever since like after the Black Album, like I was kind of yep, done with it. That was but, their. That was their arc. Was the kill them all and yeah. the ride the lightning, um, Ma- Master of Puppets, Master then, of Puppets, and then it started to. Like um, Injustice for All was good, and then the Black Album was like good, but it got right into kind of you know pop pop metal torpor. Yeah, just you know just normal rock. It was just straight up rock with the still Metallica. I mean, you can't like not like, still still good, but sure. it was just not like the didn't have the edge at the beginning. Of the- I still for for whom the bell tolls and wherever I may roam is one of my favorite mm-hmm. Metallica songs of all time. That will be in the action movie that I make. It will. I have a whole for list of ones. Is great. And it's used perfectly at the beginning of Zombieland. It is. But that's what yeah. I heard people railing against the new one coming out. They're like, it's never going to be as good as the original. Like, the original's not a masterpiece. <laughs> it's, <laughs> right, it's right. pretty good. But, like, let's not, let's not say they're trying to remake Godfather 2. Like, oh, and speaking of, did you see that Francis Ford Coppola came out and joined Scarsese and just bashed all the, Hollywood, or the Marvel movies and said they're despicable? Oh, no. Yeah, I think maybe come. I saw a tweet on that or something, but I had I had a whole I thing that I, wa- I wanted no you to, re- to it. I wanted you to record, and I was just going to put it out separately. Is I just want to do like an open letter to Scorsese, like, all right, if you have a problem with you know superhero movies being derivative and cliched, then make one yourself. Stop making mobster must mo- stop making three hour mobster movies and take a chance. Marvel, give them a like a C list D list character and go do whatever you want. Like, go do the biggest, weirdest, whatever kind of movie you want to make that actually makes it a good movie in your eyes, and then turn it back in and see what happens. I went and saw Joker, Steve. Like, it's really, really good. And I don't care if that makes me a psychopath, and I don't care if that makes me... But it didn't need the Joker aspect of it. Like, just make it character studies about these different characters. It doesn't have to tie into the Batman universe. Joaquin Phoenix is so fucking good in that character that it didn't need the Batman stuff shoehorned into it. So just make weird stuff. Like it doesn't all have to be the MCU anymore. 22 movies is too complicated and you have to water too much stuff down to make it cohesive. Just let good directors make good movies and stop being so protective and trying to interweave everything. So, so, and I haven't seen the Joker. I'll, I'll probably eventually see it. And but let's, it's worth let's, it, Steve. It's let's go there. But you, you bring up an interesting point, right? So, if it, we've seen how many incarnations of Batman, how many incarnations of the Joker, mm-hmm. right? You've got Nicholson, you know, which was which was one thing, you know. What I mean, and great at the time. great at the time. And I, I haven't 19- gone back. I haven't gone back and watched it. I, I would have, imagine. I have. It's Does Jack. It hold up? Yeah. yeah, it's Jack Nicholson. Like, yes, it holds up. Like, yeah, it's slightly in the versions that we've gotten used to now. There's a camp to the Tim Burton ones, but it's still right. dark and it's still violent, and there's still some messed up stuff going on in it. Like, 
Like the scene of him after he gets his surgery, the the back shot of him sitting in like the dentist chair with all the bloodstained tools around mm-hmm. him, that is one of my favorite shots in any of the the Batman. It's just I, it's still seared into my brain. Like I can see the spacing and the lighting and how it's all the camera moves. It's great. And but then we didn't think that Heath Ledger was going to be very good. And he was great. It was great. It was great. And, and then, then we, we have... We are like, nobody's ever going to be able to top Heath Ledger, Steve. And then I saw... We're not talking about the Jared Leto one. We're just... That didn't, that didn't count. Like, that was just some heavy metal dude that thought he was the Joker. But this this version, the, the Joaquin Phoenix version of it, is so good. And yeah, the movie's slightly dull and a little too sad at certain points, but... It is a it is a beautiful movie to look at, and he is truly amazing in it. But it's okay; those are allowed to. The Heath Ledger Joker can stand different than the Joaquin Phoenix one. Like, right. just let them make whatever they want. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy wouldn't exist unless Marvel took a chance on James Gunn kind of doing what they want, and then they had to port all those characters in with Captain America, who tonally is different than them. <laughs> So you right. have to kind of water both characters down in order to get it homogenous and make it work. Where I don't think it needs to do that anymore. Yeah, it was cool for the Infinity Saga, but I'm more interested now in taking interesting directors and letting them do what they want. And make, and some of them are going to miss, sure, but then you're going to get Thor Ragnarok because Taika Waititi, they were just like, okay, go make some weird Flash Gordon inspired colorful comedy with thor and hulk and it came out (laughs) right and it it was great and like i want more of that rather than like yeah i i love all of that stuff but i'm more interested now in letting like like dc shouldn't be trying to follow marvel they should just be allowing good directors to make interesting movies with their characters right right so it goes back and i haven't seen it but in what how you describe it i mean is it is it a Joker movie or is it a like if you if we remove yes. the context of the Joker from from that movie, does it still exist as a good movie? Like if you yes. forget that he is part of the DC, the Batman. You said the Batman stuff felt like a little shoehorned, but yeah, like he he, I I don't want to get into spoilers, but there's reference like Thomas Wayne's in it, and they talk about it's Gotham and they're at Arkham. Like there's parts that take place at Arkham Asylum and at the the health, you know, at the hospital and stuff like that. So like all of that is, you know what I mean? Like it's a framing device. Sure. But it, it, if you took all of stripped, all of that away and just called it New York in like the seventies and changed the guy's name, it still is a great film and might actually be better. Like, well, and that's, I guess that's my point is, or, or, or is, is the success of, the MCU, people just using that, like when I say people, like movie makers, studios, sure. using sure. that like as an insurance. Like if we if we slapped a Joker's name on this weird movie with Joaquin Phoenix, it, the better shot is at least going to cover its cost Absolutely. to be made and make a little Absolutely. bit of money. Whereas Steve, if you, know you do the, this, you know what the budget was. You know what the budget was. On Forty this million dollars. Thirty-five million dollars. Yeah. It made a it made a billion dollars. Yeah. Made a billion dollars. Todd Phillips, the guy that directed, is the guy that did the Hangover movies, and and uh, I think he did Old School. Like, came from a comedy background. Yeah, he's, yeah. Making, he's making an idiot of himself on the the press, talking about how. Oh yeah, he said he can't be. He can't be daring. Woke culture is killing. Yeah. yeah, is killing comedy. But like, he made like that's a gamble that DC took making this. 
it's set in like i would say the 70s and it's kind of set during the track like it's gotham but there's the trash riots of new york in like the early 70s when it just started piling up in the streets mm-hmm. like it takes place during gotham's like you know what i mean like just you don't even have to call it gotham it looks like new york it's like <laughs> right. it, it sounded like new york and like it gives it historical context but like yeah it's it's really really well done and he he absolutely deserves at least the nomination if not if not the Oscar for but like I don't know I I don't know who else is going to be nominated and I'll eventually probably watch those movies just to check but he is unbelievable yeah. in that movie. Yeah. So it just seems we just you know the studios are becoming so dependent on existing characters because yeah. they're afraid. I mean, and I Sh- don't blame shared them, universes. It's well, the shared it's not even that. Just no, no new material. Like where, like they're kind of leaving the new material and the 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 innovation and storytelling. I don't want to say for independent, but there's there's there's, there's like. You don't if you're a big movie studio, kind of like it, the way music evolved, is you're not taking gambles anymore. Yeah, there's right? formulas, and everybody back in the day, the it would have been like I'm going to sign ten bands, and one's going to make it, and that one is going to pay for the nine that didn't. Yeah. Same thing with movies. Now you have this long tail, whereas you can let kind of people come up on their own, get funding from smaller, you know, whatever from Indiegogo. They, they you can build and they can create the stories. And if you're a big studio, you're going to for, throw 35 million, 40 million, 100 million dollars at something that's going to be a known quantity cuz you can't afford to fail. Right? Sure. You can't afford to tank on some of these movies. Sure. And but... it's it, they're only doing sure things. So they're only doing known stories and characters and remakes. Well, for the most part. Well, it's just yeah. There is there is a lot, but there is still a lot of new original stuff out there. It's just not as marketed because it's not people aren't like they either don't have the budget for it or or it doesn't have the emotional resonance when you see a trailer for like a new original property, but it doesn't say the Joker at the end of it. And you're like, oh, oh, okay, now I'm really intrigued. You know what I mean? Like, so right. there is, and it just takes more searching where people are more. They're passive consumers. Like they just watch what's put in front of them or is easily accessible. So that's why, like, that's the Bird Box movie. I remember we talked about it way, way back at the beginning of last season. The reason that it was such a cultural phenomenon is because it was timed out so perfectly during that winter break when everybody had that time off between Christmas and New Year's. When everybody was locked inside for like these nor'easters, like everybody got pounded with snow and Netflix put it on the main menu that popped up as soon as you logged in and everybody and it had a really cool image and had Sandra Bullock and it had an interesting premise. So Mm -hmm. everybody watched it because it was before their eyeballs. So it was real easy. And that was a small that wasn't a big budget. That was only made, I think, a twenty twenty five million dollar, which is tiny in comparison to the two hundred three hundred million dollar budget for Aquaman or right. any Avengers movies. So, my if you want to make these windfalls, then you have to take interesting chances. You have to take what the the the, poss- the possibility of a thirty five million dollar loss on a Todd Phillips directed Joker movie starring Joaquin Phoenix. This close on the heels of Heath Ledger's performance that has right. now become beloved. Like, right. those, I, can, I can buy that. Those are gambles. So, like, yeah. the, if this is if this is the the harbinger of what DC is going to do going forward with their characters, I think it's an incredibly smart move. Or it's going to push them into that direction, right. which is I, is is going to be beneficial for me as a comic book movie fan and just right. movie fan in general. Well, well, I guess my point is they could have spent thirty five million dollars on a Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix 
you know, like psychological thriller movie. And and it would have been more of a risk, but putting the Joker on it mitigates the risk. Sure, you know, putting the Joker's name on it, like you're going to get enough fanboys out there that at least you know you're going to make more money than you if sure. you would if it was a made up character. I, right, I, so, I don't I don't care how we got it. I'm just glad that we did. And it's, it's yeah, there's a lot of people out there that said it was wasn't very good. I I liked it, and it's all personal mm-hmm. preference. So like that's why I was always just like after we walked out, Benny and I just kind of looked at each other, and I was like. So, and he was like, I don't want to say it first. And I was like, I really liked it. He was like, I did too. He was like, I thought it was really good. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking at, I'm on the Regal app, right? The local theater here. I'm looking at what's now playing. Mm-hmm. Maleficent, which is a sequel and it's a Disney character, right? Sure. D- Zombieland 2. Yeah. Joker. Yeah. Adam's Family, and you got to put 2019 because there's been, this is an animated Adam's Family. This is like the third ad- animated Adam's Family. Is it really? Yeah, there's a bunch. All right. So, got those. Gemini Man, I don't know what that is. That's the Will Smith identical clone movie. It's John yeah. Woo, but I heard it's just, it's not good. Mm. Like it's, Jexy? Yeah, I don't know what that I is. What that is. Saw, that popped up on mine when I was buying the Joker tickets. Abominable? Abominable? <laughs> the animated movie. Yeah. And they're playing Downton Abbey. <laughs> like that's, again, a thing. And then Hustlers. See, that's what I mean. Like, Hustlers is a gamble. Like, I heard that was really good. And, like, that's like a a low, Mm -hmm. a a mid budget Jennifer Lopez as like a powerful stripper based on a true story. Like, I heard Mm -hmm. that was good. And they take a gamble on that, but it gets pushed down because. Yeah, it's it's 9 45 p.m. is the only showing today. It's been out for a while. Oh, has it? And then we got It Chapter 2, which is another sequel. Judy, I don't know what that is. It looks like it's maybe Judy Garland. Yeah, it's Renit Renit AD Astra. Ad Astra. Ad Astra. Is that what it is? It's the Brad Pitt space movie, which I heard was really good, too. Mm. But it's so a we're space about, what, 50-50? 50-50 sequels, known characters, rehashes. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about movies that are doing theatrical runs at this point in time. Just look at what recently like got launched on Netflix or, or Amazon Prime. Like, There's still new content. You're just talking about the old way you're talking about the gas station for the, the gas station of the future form of media consumption. yeah yeah no but, but that's my point though i mean i think that's my point is the 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 long tail we, there's other avenues to get movies made and that's where the creativity is happening the creativity is sure. not happening in theaters with big big studios and and they're killing theaters which i, I still love the theater going we talked about this early on in season but six. there's just like, so the, many the, bad ones there's so many bad theaters. You just have to have that one good one. Like, and I had one out by my old place, mm-hmm. and I've yet to find one that's super close. Well, not super close, but that compares. Like, I went yeah. to another one last night, and it was okay, but it didn't have my big red reclining chairs, and I can't find them in a, where it's not. It bothers me. So, re, uh, Alamo, buy me my franchise out here. <laughs> Man, and the one in Winchester, they are doing remarkable things, right? I think they just celebrated their 10th anniversary, and they have a, that the film club there that does the Lost yep. Weekends and all that. Like they do, like, and that's a local community. I mean, that Alamo is supporting it, but they've just created a place where, like, they bring in film, like films you can't find anywhere, like exactly. They, and even in big markets like DC or Philly, I'm sure that the the because there's a, a club of people that are like these movie enthusiasts, they get. You know, they get movies brought in that they you would certainly never get in Winchester, Virginia, but maybe not even get in in, in major markets because they're so obscure. Steve, 
one of the last existing, still fully functioning drive-ins in the country is like 45 minutes away from here. There's only, I think, 11, mm-hmm. 11 or so. There's one, funct- in, there's one in Winchester, the Steven it, City. Steven City Family Drive-In. Yeah, yeah. There's there's not many, and there's one the one up here. It's mm-hmm. a, it's more up by like Allentown, like up by where it actually may even be further away from that. But one of the, it's existed since like 1942, and it's the same. Oh, nice. The same place. So we there, but that's like a destination thing, and it does really well with its programming. It does like retro nights, and it becomes like people will drive 45 minutes to go to a drive-in because it's well maintained and everybody's that's really nice. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's why I would love to open a nice one out here where it's you know we're super militant about people turning off their phones and it's super clean <laughs> and it's right. you know what I mean. Like instead of you can't make money that way because the niche market isn't is big it's hard to capture that it's hard to become that place that everybody looks to and it's just a hard drive-ins you think about i mean it's just hard like what are you going to charge like 20 bucks a car yeah 30 bucks a car you can maybe fit 70 cars yeah exactly and and also otherwise you won't be able to see anymore so you know is how much does it cost to get a movie and those is I don't know. It's just it's tricky. Like it's outlived its useful life in terms sure. of as a money making entity. But man, as an experience, it's super cool. Yeah, but it's a that's lot why like people like to... like when we lived in Virginia, they would do on the old mall there. They would do movies like on the lawn and stuff, or just outdoor movie watching. As we've talked many times recently on this podcast, I'm a big fan of the the outdoor TV and movie watching. Well, that's what my one friend I do. My buddy Carino used to do a an. Uh, outdoor theater night he used to do a showing in his backyard because he was big he had a big backyard and he had a projector so people used to come and he ended up like becoming like a thing like people would bring like coolers of beer and stuff like that i thought about doing it at my house because i have a big i have that big shared area behind it where i could set up like a big screen so i've been looking into projectors and oh yeah and they have those inflatable screens or Mm -hmm. what i mean you don't need a whole lot you just need Particularly with the current technology, there's like something to plug into the projector, an hmm. extension cord for the projector, speakers, and, and like a sheet. Yeah, and like a dongle, like a like a fire yeah, yeah, stick like or a fire stick or something. Stick yeah. yeah. So. All right, so how did we end up on that? Anyways, I don't know. oh, can we talk about the, yeah. talking about the Joker? I launched into my Joker tirade about yeah. Scorsese. It's about or not, yeah, about Martin Scorsese. Scorsese. So, so go make go make a mm-hmm. interesting comic book movie. Put your money where your mouth is. Stop making gangster movies for like two seconds, and yeah. go make a go make a comic book movie that's really good, yeah. and then come back and say they're soulless and despicable. It just bothered me. Yeah. I, love, I love. Scorsese I don't pay much too. mind. So and and again, so I I feel like the crutchety old guy here, right? But. <laughs> Um, we've talked about the cancel the the, the cancel culture before, yeah. right? Where people get up in arms about so many things. I think we talked about it with when I was talking about watching the the new Chappelle, yeah. uh, where he completely kind of created this line uh, and then stepped over it and all that, which I thought was really good. So. But what's going on with again? This is not a sports podcast, but the majority of who I follow using the Match Wits account on Twitter is around Cleveland football. <laughs> and we are six games into a season. We are two and four. And they Baker's not the quarterback. Freddie's not the coach. Fire, fire, fire. Blah, blah, blah. It's the same. Like, I'm just so done with it. Like, I'm just done with people running out of things to say on Twitter. So they get, like, we got to get rid of everybody. We got to get rid of everything. Like, it's just. Uh-huh. 
it, you get sucked in. And it's not everybody, right? It's not everybody, and that's kind of what trolling has created. You'll get more, you'll get more likes, you get more retweets if you say something extreme than yeah. just having a conversation. It's not a conversation platform anymore. It's a, it's, it's the extremes. It's all yeah. for, all against. Social media exists exists in contrast to that you attract more flies with honey than vinegar or whatever it is. And it's, it's on the it's the opposite. The opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the opposite. Like the more trolly you are, seems to be the more people will follow you, which yeah. is, is a dangerous. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, and I just and I can't. I and I I don't know if people really think that, like, or if that's just we just created this mob mentality. Whereas we can't just be meh. We just yeah. can't be like in the middle. Like, hey, we're getting better. Yeah. Like game by game, it's like uh, we're we're gonna be the we're gonna be twelve and four now. We're gonna be four and twelve. Yeah, and well, it's, that's it's, all the people that I talk to. They're like, "Are you disappointed?" And I was like, "Yeah, a little bit." And they're like, "Why don't you seem that upset?" I was like, "Because I wasn't the one that's saying that they were going twelve and four. I was the one that was saying <laughs> uh, they're still the Browns. Like, let's yeah, be clear here. Yeah, yeah, like everybody's talking about. Oh, you guys are Super Bowl bound. Like, let's pump the brakes a bit, man. Like, <laughs> right. I've been I've been a Browns fan for four years. Like, I know this story. I know how this works normally. Like, so. Don't tell me I was the one. I, sure, I thought they were going to be good. I said in that episode that I thought, hey, yeah, we have the potential of being really good. But Freddie's a rookie head coach. Baker's still in, only in his second year, and he is slightly undersized, and our offensive line has some issues. So let's pump the brakes a little uh, bit. Our offensive line has a lot of issues, which I think we were planning to address next year in the draft. Yes. Yeah. I, I think we're close. I think we have, I think we have the tools in, pra- in place to be very, very good. And you don't make those steps that quickly outside of a few teams, like outside of Kansas city, but Kansas city had Andy Reed guiding the ship. Like Patrick Mahomes is a freak where Baker's just, he's not that yet or not that ever. Right. But Andy Reid is an established head coach who had success and is an offensive, offensive genius who knows how to get the most out of the quarterbacks. So he creates these intricate offenses with these. But that's that's not what Freddie is yet. Freddie right. could get there. Freddie has right. the, the offensive mindset, and he could get to that point, but he hasn't been doing it for 25 years like Andy Reid has. So right. exactly. expecting the Browns to make that kind of leap that fast because another team had done it did, didn't move my Browns needle like it did everybody else's. Like everybody right. else was like, rah, they're Super Bowl favorites, 10 to 1 odds, blah, blah, blah. All right, relax. We were 0 and 16 two years ago. Yep. So. No, yeah, exactly right. And yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> it, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's all about expectation, but just to be this, I mean, every, it seems like every year that was what Cleveland was doing. Like, oh, we're going to. You know, with Hugh, it was like, Hugh's the answer. And then it was like, oh, one in 15. It was like, oh, boy. Well, Maybe he's not the guy. And then it was, oh, and yeah. when that was, the plan was to tank. I mean, no. nobody would say the T word. Anyways, I don't want to get too far into it. I'm just, the, the whole <laughs> I miss them, man. The, the, it's been the, a weird weekend without Browns football. I know. But it's but been a whole, the, the whole bye week thing is like, we need something else to do. Um, Patri- Patriots next week, dude. That's not, that's not a good way to come out of the bye. Yeah, it's going to be tricky. But maybe we're going to catch them. Maybe we'll catch them on a, I don't know, a, one of the, what they call them, a trap game. Like, yeah, where they're going to be like, oh, we got, we're thinking past the Browns. And hopefully. We come in, or maybe somebody gets, you know, they're not at 100%. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I just spoke like a true Browns fan hoping yeah. for an injury on the other team. No, I wasn't hoping for an injury, but, like, whatever. Know, Let's just know. get to play. I, I wish it would be more competitive. At the end of last year, they were really fun Really to watch. competitive. They yeah, were fun. I, they were yeah. fun. 
they had like their defense wasn't playing well, but their offense was humming. Now neither are like great. They're just eh, they're just man. I mean, yeah, they gotta get they gotta, Baker's got to get better. Baker's got to make better decisions. He's got to get better. So. Still, I still think the offensive line is doing okay. <laughs> Yeah. I, 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 I screenshotted depends, that text. I screenshotted that text. It depends so. on how – go look at Pro Football Focus. Look I at don't grades. No. Stop looking at metrics, Steve. Use your eyes. It's analytics. You, I don't care. I have eyeballs that do that too. And I, when I watch those games, Greg Hubbard and, and – or no, Chris Greg Hubbard Robinson and, and Chris Greg Hubbard. Robinson are terrible. They're not good, but it's not the line that's causing the, the issues. He's got time it's to throw. Part, it, the amount of the amount of holding penalties and illegal blocks and false starts is asinine. I did, look up the Pro Football Focus stats yeah. on that, dude. I haven't looked at them, but I would guarantee that our offensive line has to be top five in in penalties. Oh well, our Doll, team dollar is top. Bet. Dollar our, bet. Our, our team is no, top no, no. I, I understand, but we have a lot of personal fouls. Like Miles Garrett's got a lot of personal fouls. We have a lot of a yeah. dollar bet that we're top five in offensive line penalties. Uh, that's a dollar bet. That's a dollar bet. Are you looking it up, or you want me to do pro uh, football focus? Because we had no, we had. Um, is that PFF? Does that give you the yeah. grades? PFF. I no, I'm not talking grades. Uh, I, I, all I want to know is penalties on penalized. offensive line penalties. Yeah, penalized offensive lines. We have to be top five. Is that even a thing? I probably <laughs> offensive line rankings. No, those are sortable stats. I don't know. We maybe we can come back to it. I don't want to do this on the air. No, it's too late now. We have a dollar bet. We have a dollar <laughs> yeah, bet I guess about we can. This. I don't know. It's not like we're live. Like you could just cut. Like the we could all stop. Oh, uh, it's just one second. of those things we're gonna have to like log in to see the. Oh, I don't. I don't know. Right. Sort yeah, of. I'm not subscribing to. We are twenty second. And what? Oh, wait, wait, wait. What week was this? This was from September 24th. Team penalty statistics. Cleveland Browns. Penalty breakdowns. I don't know what DG is. Delay of game. Offensive oh, holding. Wait. Okay. So we have eight. We have eight holding penalties. Oh, wow. Jacksonville's got way more. <laughs> but I don't know what these other ones. Offensive path interference. Offsides, defense and holding. Uh, false start. Let's see how many false starts we have. We have 10 false starts. We're tied for third. Holding, we have eight, which bumps us down. I thought we had more holding penalties to that. They're just timely penalties. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to call that a push? No. Um, you can take a dollar back. Oh, sweet. Contact. Roughing the passer. Per- how many personal foul ones do we have? We have a lot. Oh, no. They're down the list. All right. You want to go back to uh, Cabin in the Woods? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I didn't know where else we went. It's, we go off on tangents, man. Welcome to the Madwoods podcast. Yeah, right. All right. So, and I love your take on things. I watched it this morning, so it's still kind of fresh. Um, we are the most penalized team in the league, though. Uh, that, that I knew. Falcons. Again, a lot, of, a lot of defensive, a lot of holdings, like freaking blood. The, backside block thing that they called on Jarvis last game that Baker then got fined for that 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 illegal blindside block or the the, yeah whatever that was on Jarvis was one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my entire life he braced himself to get hit by the guy and he got called for a penalty yeah and the guy saw him coming how is it a blindside (laughs) hit if the guy looks at the guy hitting him 
So watch. There's a run later. Somebody posted this on Twitter. And this is and this is why I keep going back to Twitter because you find stuff. But somebody posted and it was later in the game. Jarvis goes instead of blocking, he does the basketball move where he covers his nuts and stands still, stands like like you would do to take a, a charge. Yeah. He ba- instead of blocking, this is a football game. Instead yeah. of blocking, he, he sets a screen. That's- it's I'm ridiculous. Saying, yeah. Anyways, I don't want. Did they ever apologize? Did the NFL officiating no, ever apologize for them? We're the Browns. We don't deserve anything. We don't get apologies. We don't get apologies. F U F NFL officiating. Oh so. God, they're gonna they're gonna fix that. They're gonna like the XFL has if they if the XFL can get enough players and they can get it the product right. Who knows? You know why doesn't like the happen. XFL legalize steroids? Make it so it's NFL Blitz. They remember that game NFL Blitz where they were oh like suplexing <laughs> each other and everything. Like, just make it that man. Like, if they, you want to have a direct competitive or you want to have a direct competition with the NFL, which is now becoming a watered down flag football league, then make it the opposite end. Make roided out yeah. 6'6", right. 360 pound with like two percent body fat that run like flat fours for the forty. Yeah. they're all goosed up on. Make it the, yeah. Lines. Make it the make it the wrestling. Make it the WWF of football. <laughs> Football. Like what was well? I think that's what they're trying to do, but like they'll make it legitimate. What was the the old Saturday Night Live skit? Was it the All Steroid Olympics when the guy ripped his arms off? You <laughs> oh God, yeah, he went to. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's from East Germany. He, yeah. him, he rips his both his arms off, and they're like, "Oh, that's got to be disappointing for the East German." Just squirting blood. But yeah, do that. Give them all steroids. Just make them all create, like, make personal choices. You have to sign a waiver. We're going to give you massive amounts of horse steroids. <laughs> but, you, but you're going to be able to run really fast and hit really hard. Right. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see <laughs> no. what happens. So cabin in the woods? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What were we talking about? Like there's something else. Oh, you were talking. We were talking about NFL Blitz. So yeah. uh, another tangent. We were in uh, uh, where was he? Boise, Idaho, for a couple of days, just because. Yeah, where was that NBA Jam that you sent me? So there was a there's a bar. So Boise, first of all, Boise, capital of Idaho. So there's a big capital building there. Boise State, which is was until they lost this weekend. I think we were a top twenty um, college football team, the one with the blue field. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm aware. Yeah. So the college jump, but super cool. Like it was a really, it, it was a, it was a cool, really clean city. We stayed right downtown, but we're walking around the the day we got there, and all sorts of cool bars and restaurants. And there's a bar called the Space Bar. You have to walk downstairs to get it. It's all like what you would think of as a cavernous stone, like stone walled basement with big ceilings it's all exposed beam and everything with probably 10 to maybe 10 vintage vintage and new pinball machines like they had the iron maiden pinball machine they had the black knight actually they had probably more new than old and then maybe 30 uh arcade games nice all set to like quarter play like it was not over the problem is was it well maintained there's a place in near me. Oh yeah, does yeah, the same yeah. Thing, no, no, they no. Just, the, they don't like, take very good games. No, the games. machines were in good shape, and they had like they do trivia there, and they do um, they have a That's bunch of board games, play. and they had some they have some consoles set up. Um, so you could if you wanted to play like NES, you could throw a cartridge in and play uh, NES and set up the that bar. That's cool. It was awesome. That's my kind of place. What was it called? The Space Bar. Space Bar. 
And I got my name up on Dig Dug <laughs> and Donkey Kong. I yep. got the, the WIT up there. And then I got the um, – they had NBA time, Jam. Right? I, didn't, I didn't play NBA Jam because uh, it's not one-person game. Like you need to have no. You got to play you, against people. It's yeah, more yeah. fun like two on two. But that that led to a, you sending me that single picture and me responding. It might be my favorite arcade game. It turned into a however many days it's been since then conversation between me, Sear, and Benny of just going back and forth about old <laughs> arcade games about NBA Jam or just well, arcades in general. Arcade game. Sear and I used to love NBA Jam. Like there was one in the cafeteria at. at in East Halls where we lived in at Penn State and there was one near us when we lived in our apartment. We used to go and play. Jay and I used to go to the arcade after the bars let out because it was open 24 hours and they would allow you to bring right. beer in if you had it in brown paper bags. So we used to just walk out of the bar and walk directly in the arcade and play games until 4 o'clock, 4.30 in the morning. And we used to always play NBA Jam. So that led that single picture that you sent me <laughs> led us into the conversation, one, about what was the best team to use on NBA Jam, the very first version. Then we had to look up rosters to make sure they weren't updated because it had to be the first iteration that came right, out. Right. And, dude, that was, what, four days ago, three days ago you sent me that? yeah. yeah. And we've been talking like nonstop. Wednesday or Thursday, yeah. I haven't talked to Jay in probably like two weeks, and then we've been texting incessantly for nice. forty-eight hours about NBA Jam and arcade games in general. Was it um, so? Were the Cavs? Was it Mark Price and, and Brad, Brad, Brad Doherty? Doherty? Yeah, and then when nice. you could switch them out, you could put Hot Rod or Nance in. Nice. No, nah, you never played with those. <laughs> what do I want to play with Brad Doherty for? Like, what right. do I want to do the same dunk over and over again? Whether I can do, right? I can do the the so, Sonics. Yeah. So the so this place was nice. Like it was yeah. again, the atmosphere was cool, and even I give them I give them some some nerd credit. So they have a they had right at the bottom of the stairs you go around and, and it was open it wasn't too it was it was cool it was a cool place they had drink holders on all the games to put your beer yep because you can't put them up on the consoles because yeah you can't there was no so and and then by the pinball machines they had the, the tables and everything it was just super cool um, and they had good music playing they were playing like eighties music um, yeah. which was cool but in in a row they had Super Mario Brothers they had Donkey Kong Donkey Kong Junior I'm sorry. They had Mario Brothers, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., and Super Mario Brothers. Huh. I didn't know Super Mario. Wait, the original. Oh, the original. Okay. The original, like where you have to hit yep. the turtles and kick them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They had that, and then like, but all they were in a grouping, one, one, like chronologically ordered. <laughs> I was like, all right. Well, I'm let me in. ask you a question, Steve. How this is a good barometer? Did they have the original Punch Out? No. Oh. Now they had. I'm trying to think what else they had. They had Moon Patrol. Okay. They had. I played Dig Dug. They had Centipede. Okay. Uh, they had Dig Dug. They had Frogger. Um. They had. What shooting games did they have? Did you mm, look? Did they have any time crises? Nope. Nope. Oh. No. These were all vintage. All like, like old. 80s. Like yeah. 80s yeah. On. No Operation um, Wolf with the little no Uzi, Uzi attached to the shooter. No, I'm trying to think. We used to play at Hills. Yeah. Don't you remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember. Operation Wolf, which was like the Vietnam. You would shoot mm-hmm. people when you were like 10 years old with a gun that rattled. And there was blood. <laughs> right. There was blood yeah. in it. And mom was just like, had... sure, you want, you, want, you want some quarters to go play that video game out in the lobby? It's harmless. 
Why is <laughs> the blood? They had a uh, Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man, Galaga. Oh, I'm trying to think what was on the other side there. They had Moonwalker. Nice. Where he throws the, his hat like it's the a Michael Jackson one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not ashamed else. to. They had that. 720. I'm not ashamed to used to like Michael Jackson. They had until. 720. The skateboarding. The skateboarding game. Yeah. It's just so um, hard. I think what else? But it was good. It was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was a. a, a uh, I like the place. Uh, it's like one of those ones that Janine, Janine humored me for an hour. We went yeah. out through some quarters in. Uh, I beat her up Frogger. And, That's uh, when you're walking down those stairs. You have your fingers crossed, but you have no idea what you're walking into. And then you walk in and you see it. And you're like, yep, nailed it. Yep. Like, <laughs> give me a Pabst Blue Ribbon Pounder can, please, and I'm going to go play some video games. That's it. Three bucks, I think, they yeah. had for yep. a, for a Pabst can. And th- there was a guy you that we walked in. 10. You throw him a 10, it's two bucks for a tip. <laughs> give me five and quarters, please. <laughs> Yeah, no, they had a. They, had, they would give you ones, and you could put them in the, they the coin machine, uh, or you you would pay twelve dollars for a roll if you were putting it on your card. Okay, they would give you. A, they would sell you a roll because of fees and everything. They would sell you a roll of quarters for twelve bucks. Yeah, if you wanted to use your debit card instead of using the ATM. That's that's I, I think that's awesome. Like so, that that to me is one of those the one of those sounds though when you put your dollar in that change machine and it comes down is one of my. It's like bowling pins and a good yeah. golf swing. Like it's just, that sound makes me happy. Well, and the fact that the games were still a quarter. Yeah, like Frogger was a quarter. Like, like I think I think I changed four dollars, five dollars. <laughs> we played, I drank a beer, and then we went out to eat. It was cool. Yeah. So if you ever get a chance to go to Boise, highly recommend. And yeah, um, to all our shout out to all our Boise listeners. No, no, but it, you know it's one of those things. Like we're never gonna. Like, you just, I don't go there for conferences. I don't have any customer. I guess. Technically, I have the state of uh, um, Idaho as a customer, no um, but I'm not. I'm not going there <laughs> super frequently. It's not one of those those destination states. Sure, but it's cool. So we had dinner. We went out to had a nice dinner one night. Like went to a steakhouse, and then we we're like, "Hey, let's go out there." And there was a bar because it's a college town. Like bars and stuff everywhere. And like I said, it was really clean. So we went out and went to this whiskey bar, and they had my Pikesville, and we're sitting there. It was super cool. Leather couches, good music playing, and. Everything I was like, man, this for a college town, this is dead. Like there was nobody. We were the only people in the. Well, there was us and then people playing pool in the back at this massive bar called the Whiskey Bar. And then I looked at my watch. It was eight <laughs> fifteen, and I was like, and we were like ready to call it. Like we we're calling it a night. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, where are all the college kids? And then as like it gets closer to nine o'clock, people start coming. I was like, oh right. Right, right. College this kids don't go out till ten o'clock. Yeah, this is when their night is starting. So, speaking of college kids, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, speaking of getting, looping back around. That's a, All right, that couple, was a professional segue. That you like good, that? Yes. Yeah. We talked about college kids. Now we're going to talk about it. So, a couple things on 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 the movie. So, first of all, the and if you haven't seen it, I mean, what's it? It's an eight-year-old movie. Uh, go watch it. Um, don't don't and stop telling people to pot the stop listening to our podcast. No, they go watch two, a two-hour movie. No, I was watching. We talked about going back and listening to old ones. You do that a lot. Yeah. Hey, if you haven't seen this movie, stop listening to the thing that we're happy that you're listening to us talk. <laughs> go watch something for two hours, and then hopefully you remember to come back and listen to the rest of the episode. All right. It's probably so if you haven't seen the movie, maybe maybe watch it, maybe not. I don't yeah. know. Or we're going to talk about it. Suck so, it up because we're not going to ruin it. Bradley Whitford. Love Bradley Whitford. So good. And the the intro there where he, like, you know, and they're in the secret facility. 
Yep. And you're like, okay, I, I get it. So this is kind of this, and they're, they're a super secret facility. They're getting coffee. They're talking about whatever kitchen cabinets and having babies. And then all of a sudden, it just goes to cut screen and it mm-hmm. goes to cabin in the woods. Like it's like this shocking. Like you're like, what the hell just happened? Like this was the most un. It was it was setting you up for like office space or something. I mean, it was yep. just a whatever, and then. Cabin in the woods, and then it kind of it goes on from there, and then you start to getting hints at what what's what's transpiring and, and all of that. So, and and then they go to the college kids, right? And 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 you're like, okay, here's the 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 coeds, right? And then Chris Hemsworth throwing a football, yep. right? And he comes in, and then all of a sudden he like picks up the book, and he's like, obviously an intellectual, and he's telling, he's giving advice. Like he's break, they're breaking the molds, yeah, of some of the stereotypes, like the dumb jock and and whatever. So I yeah, he was a was... sociology major, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, he was yeah. all worried about social progress. Yeah, yeah. And then, but like, and like the, just those two scenes alone, Steve, were were jarring enough for you, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you immediately knew you were watching something different. It wasn't something like, oh, there was the stupid college kids, and then you're like, oh, wait, they're turning it on it. The funny thing is, is that the dude playing the stoner was in such good shape that the scene where he's swimming, they couldn't take his shirt off. Yeah, yeah, he didn't go in the water because they said he was. They said he was as in, yeah as good a shape as yeah. Chris Hemsworth and the, the the other dude from ER or whatever, whatever. Grey's, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. So, uh, really, because they combined a bunch of I don't want to say metaphors, but they they combined a lot of the. Like they combined like, like they just combined the whole all the horror genres, right? They just combined it all together with like, and then what this kind of like this Truman Show aspect to it, where these you know they're 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 trying to control the situation, yep. and it's and it's not until you get to later that you realize that the they're doing it because they can't they can't kill these kids. They have to kind of let it happen, and the it, it's got almost that to be. It's a sacrifice. It, ha- it has it has ritual steps that must be followed in order to appease the old gods. Yes, which you don't find out to the very end. Spoiler right. alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But like, it, it gives it a necessary reason for why each individual choice. Like when they go down to the basement to to pick what their fate will lead them to, and each one is like the the Hellraiser guys or the whatever those <laughs> are. The and the, you know what I mean. So there's each one of those. And it and it makes sense in that context. So like all of the it makes it their that, choice, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. But like that's why it it takes all of the different versions that we've seen and makes sense why it happened the way it did because those were the choices of the the, the subjects in that particular ritual. Where yep. this is this time we're watching it from the other end. We're seeing why each one was was to, was chosen to go down right. a certain path, and it made sense. Yeah, and it, and it was all matter of fact. When you're looking at it from the point of view of the people working in the facility, it was all matter of fact. They're betting on it. Like it was almost like they're watching TV. Like it wasn't from from their standpoint, it wasn't super serious, right? It was this is just what we do for work. This is how we appease the gods. This is how we do it. But you also get all the all the other I would say cultures or all the other cities that aren't they're, they're kind of failing or they're not doing it, right? Well, right, they only, it only needs to happen successfully once. So they have – there's like an international conglomerate of 
similar facilities that are trying to prevent the same things from happening and the, right. the old gods to rise. But I, I liked when they when they showed the different ones, like the one in Japan was all based off the the Japanese horror films. Like there was the girl from the ring and there was, <laughs> right, there was all right. of those ones that were that were specific to those cultural areas where the cabin in the woods and the all of those things are distinctly American that each one had their own because Germany's got a different horror, you know, right, horror right. subculture. Yeah, everybody than has Japan. their view of what's scary exactly. and how they exactly. approach it. And we were the the five college kids, each with and that's a whole they even call the fact that they called that out towards the end when they you know, the the five people that were selected to fill the like the the I don't want to say the archetype or stereotype of yeah. Well, that's the, the, the virgin and the the hero, the jock, and, yeah. the the um, what was the the one guy? He was the the, the Joker. No, no there was the joke. The, there was the the clown. Not even the clown. The yeah, the jester yeah. or whatever. The the, the, the virgin kid. Um, the I guess they called her the whore, the virgin, the virgin. The, 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 the hero, jock, and then the, whatever the other guy was, the he was warrior the, or whatever. Yeah, I forget yeah. what the third one was, but yeah. yeah. Oh, he was the intellectual. Yeah, they, they called it, him the intellectual. It, but it all—that's what I mean. That's what I when I was talking about it or, earlier. It made sense because it boils down to the original narrative cheats, the narrative cliches that they, there's a hero, there's always a hero, there's mm-hmm. always right. the the intellectual, there's always those ones. So that's why I thought it. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's a really smart way to deconstruct all of the different horror, the horror tropes and all of those bound back down to just story elements that work, not just in the horror genre, and but they're specifically more successful in the horror yeah. realm. That's what I mean. Like, I thought it was really smartly written. You can tell that it was Drew Goddard wrote it, but then Joss Whedon also co-wrote it or worked with him on it but you can see that it's got joss whedon's fingerprints on it too yeah yeah. but that's like i think that got stuck at developmental hell for a long time because it was too complicated to produce because it was like the that whole sequence of all the monsters getting loose like Mm -hmm. i can imagine that was time consuming (laughs) and and difficult to produce and shoot and do the cgi and everything for it But, but i love uh bradley whitford being disappointed about the mermen (laughs) <laughs> and then getting killed by a merman, eaten, yeah, getting eaten slowly by a merman, yeah, that was hilarious. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he's Man. so good. He's so good. He needs to be more stuff. Sure, he's dude. Get out. He was. I just rewatched Get Out the oh, other yeah, like a night or two ago. I've been trying to stay to all to horror movies, but my not rewatch anything policy is kind of hard because I've been watching like it. I I can give it probably like two or three good movies or two or three bad movies before I have to rewatch something good to like, like a palate cleanser. I've I've had some stinkers recently and I, I was like, you know what? I know get out's really good and I really like it. So I'm going to go back and watch it again. And he is fantastic in that. He's good. Yeah. And he was really good in West wing, West wing. And then was he in studio 60? Happy, yeah, it was him and it was him and uh, Matthew Perry. Just still, like we, oh, I think right. we did talk about it on the on the podcast once yeah, bring, before. If but. that's a if one you could bring back, just because of the way that um, who's the guy who wrote it? Um, Aaron Sorkin. The, yeah, Zor- the way he Sorkin does dialogue, and then yeah. the way Matthew Perry and and uh, Bradley Whitford well. played off each other was so good. Yeah, it was a really good cast. I don't know. Amanda like, Pete was in it. 
Yeah, I don't know if it it should have or would have ever worked. Like it was good for what it is. Like if you want to go back and revisit it, sure. Like, yeah, but really put good. that on like a Netflix, isn't it? No, no. Yeah. I mean, like, re- uh, like bring it back. It. I mean, it was a network show, right? It you was can't like afford NBC. you can't afford that cast on a net. Well, maybe HBO. I mean, you spend money to make money. Yeah, I don't know. It, Stre- it was... streaming wars is launching in like what six weeks or something or f- three what? weeks. Whatever. Oh, with Disney. Oh, yeah, the all-out yeah. war between all of them, and we're just going <laughs> to benefit from it because right. prices are eventually prices going to have go to drop. Disney's yeah. like seven bucks or something. It's deliberately priced a dollar less than Netflix. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's it. All right, so I'll wait until Netflix lowers theirs to freaking six dollars. We're like, all right, this is awesome, and then we're like, everybody's five bucks. Like, okay, here, <laughs> I will sign up for thirty different streaming services for five bucks each to get my my <laughs> right. fill. Yeah, but then I for live TV is still nuts because I pay. I have Hulu, Hulu with live TV, and it's like forty bucks. What do you need 40. live TV for? Hey, a couple things like, like what? I don't know. News, uh, news, sporting events. Like sporting I wouldn't have been events. able to watch. I wouldn't have been able to watch the, sure. the, the the Hawks game. News and sporting events. That's it. Yeah, and uh, there's some network shows that you can't get online, like Food Network. We watch a lot of Food Network. You can't get that. You, you need to have something. You can't get that on Hulu. And you get a little bit of a DVR so we can record stuff. But other than that. All right. So. That would be my sub pump. I yeah, apologize for that. Yeah, sounds great. It's been raining uh, here for like 36 hours straight, dude. You're from Seattle. You get it. Yeah, yeah. It rains a lot here. Yeah. It rained the entire time Dad and Maggie were here. The entire <laughs> time. It's not raining right now, but it, the entire time they were here. And the, the entire time they were here last time, it rained the entire time. Yeah, that's what it does in Seattle. They've never seen. Yeah, but like weeks before they came, no rain. It was actually nice, and then they they come and it rains. All right, anything else on? We, we didn't talk a ton about Cabin in the Woods. Oh, let me give it a grade because I graded Dale and Tucker, The Witch, Cabin Tucker and, the Woods. and Dale. Tucker and Dale. Yes, Tucker and Dale versus Evil is the proper name of that movie. Yeah. Well, there you go. Sorry, I moved away from my mic for a second. Ah. The um. All right, I got to think of a new. How many more weeks do we have? Two. What, what's the, what the hell is the date today? Well, yeah. So no, we next weekend's the last last Sunday leading okay. up to the thirty first. So All right, I got to think. I of think a really we need. Good I think then. you need to go. Do we go classic that I haven't sure. seen? Okay. I don't know. What classics haven't you seen? Yeah. See, that's well. That's, that's why I gave you like the haunting. You could talk about that. You wanted to watch an old black and white haunted house yeah. movie. Um, I'll think about it. I'll All give right. you like can a list give, of. Yeah, give me oh. something through the, throughout the week. Yeah, um, but I think we should do a big blowout horror movie episode next week. Yep, we'll do. We'll give me an assignment, and then we'll do a uh, your recommendations list. Okay, and, or um, top, which like, could be so, not even top, just like hey, these you movies you probably haven't seen. Go see them. Got it. They have my. They, they have the Chris uh, seal of approval. I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna do smaller, smaller ones. Then you know what that's I mean, like ones yeah, that I, I kind of want to shine a spotlight on. Well, that's one yeah. of the things we always talk about, Steve. Like, I don't want ever want to be inherently negative about. Right. Like, that's why I don't want to review something current just because it's current. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'd rather well, just talk about shine a spotlight on stuff that I do like rather than spine a, shot a negative spotlight right. on ones that I yeah. Don't. But but just because it's obscure doesn't mean it has to be. I mean, it doesn't mean, just necessarily mean it's good. It just means it's obscure. Sure. So let's. 
No, no, no. That, like, I, I'm not going to go super obscure. Like, I'm not going to make you watch, like, Santa Sangria or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, old, weird Spanish horror movies. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to right. do that. Dude. Like, they're going to be really, really good movies that I just happen across, but they might have some elements of special effects you might have to overlook because it made for like a low budget but overall the movies are very very good so we'll see all right i'm gonna work on it then that would be cool all right so that that next weekend we will do the special halloween episode that'll wrap up uh, assignment october uh, until then, you can follow us on Twitter at MatchWits. Uh, go to our website at MatchWits, uh, MatchWits.com. Uh, make sure to give us a rating. Give us feedback. Tweet at us. Uh, I'm, I'm overdue for some tweets. Um, yeah. yeah, you are. Because I found – it's funny. I found the picture of me wearing that red mask. But <laughs> I, I've got to convert it from like a TIFF or whatever. It's, it's going to turn, turn into a project. Can't you just print uh, it and then scan it? Wouldn't that just be easier than actually no. trying to find a software to convert? No, it? Like, but you I can't have print a TIFF. No, but what am I going to print it on? Like, what do you mean, paper? I'm print it on a on a inkjet printer? Like, sure. No, I'm, Why I'm, not? I'm, I, no, I can just get it up in Photoshop, convert it, and put it up there on Twitter. I just, okay. just can't do that off my phone. Okay. So fair enough. Um, yeah. With that, Chris, take us out. I don't want to do the bid you adieu thing. I don't want that to be my catchphrase. So, uh, yeah, peace out. <laughs> peace out, sucker. Yeah, fair enough. See you, right.